Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. He is my steadfast love and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I take refuge who subdues peoples under me. O Lord, what is man that you regard him or the son of man that you think of him? Man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. Psalm 144, verses 1 through 4. I think the first time I saw that passage of scripture was whenever I was in college and gearing up to uh, go to selection, I would refer to that scripture and try to motivate myself. And, and I think I tended to focus on the first verse that hits who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. But the later and later I got into college, the the more I tended to focus on verse 4, which says, man is like a breath, his days are a passing shadow. And that's the biggest piece of truth that we need every day, is that is that this life that we're living is short. It is, it is so so small compared to eternity and even though it can feel like everything is riding on certain decisions and and certain opportunities it's all dust and and eventually it's all going to be nothing compared to heaven and compared to glory i like that scripture i'll probably refer to it throughout this episode but welcome to episode two of the mill spec believer podcast and if you saw the title, uh, we're going to be focusing in on the TACP schoolhouse and my time there. Like I said, went to selection in college, so I was somewhat prepared for what to expect at the TACP schoolhouse. If you talk to any cadre member who, who has attended these selections, I've had the opportunity to do that as well, to go back to the TACP officer selection and try to handpick some candidates to go crush it and be leaders in the career field. And you're picking candidates that you have a high probability of success to crush the pipeline. You want to pick candidates who are going to go do well. That's not saying you're picking a completed product, that you're picking someone out of college who is the leader that they're going to grow into, you know, like, most of the people going through the selections were really young. You know, I'm a cadet in college who's like 20 years old. You know, I don't really know anything in that moment. But the selection is designed to pick people who are going to go be successful at the schoolhouse. And I, I knew that following my selection. And so I had a, a little boost of confidence knowing that, the hardest days were behind me. The selection I went through was was more than enough to prepare me for what I was going to see at the schoolhouse. But the only difference is Tech P Schoolhouse is five months, and the selection I went through was five days. So it starts to wear on you, and, and it's definitely a, a big mountain in front of you when you show up. When you first show up to... Lackland or Medina. It's a little annex off of 
Lackland Air Force Base, and you're showing up there day one. If you're enlisted and you're, you know, like an 18-year-old coming straight out of basic training, like that's the only experience you've had is basic training. And you show up on Medina for TACP prep. That's a two-week entry into the schoolhouse. So you making it through prep gets you into the door to attend the schoolhouse and actually be on a schoolhouse team. If you're an officer, then obviously you've been through selection. And so it's definitely expected for you to show up and lead from day one. I, I love the special warfare career fields because you get to go through the exact same training as your enlisted counterparts, which builds relationships. It gives you a leg to stand on when you actually make it to your unit and, and you're working with some of the same people that you went through all the training with. Like you've done exactly what they've done. So from an officer standpoint, like it sets you up for success to one, have a crash course of leadership and, and have a five month trial run at what type of leader am I going to be? And, and kind of gives you a down and dirty of here's what I can work on. Here's what I can do better. So that way, when you show up to your unit, you're, you're more of a polished product of leadership and you're not going to your unit making mistakes that you can make in the schoolhouse and, and learn from. So you have that two-week prep course, and we started with 60 candidates in our uh, two-week prep course. It ends up being 60 total because you have two different prep courses that combines into being one schoolhouse team. So I was a part of the first two-week prep course. We had another two-week prep course following mine, and then we all combined and were one schoolhouse team. So when I say 60 people were a part of our prep, that's what I mean. We had 30 on ours and 30 on the prep following us. So we were all Eagle. Eagle 101 was our class. So you had four different teams. You had Eagle, Raptor, Falcon, and Hawk Flight. So those were the different teams or flights, whatever you want to call it. And each team had its own set of cadre that from day one for the entire five months, those were your cadre. They, they've changed it now a little bit to where the schoolhouse is broken up into blocks. And so each block has a set of instructors that teams will rotate through. Uh, but at the time, it was based on just what team you were actually on. For my other Eagle brethren out there, you know you had the hardest experience at the schoolhouse. I gotta, I gotta put this in here. Eagle was by far the hardest team, and I'll just leave it at that. So to backtrack a little bit, when I finished prep, I had that two weeks of gap while the other prep team went through prep, if that makes sense. Those two weeks, you don't just sit around. You don't just get a cakewalk while the other teams are going through prep. You would attend something that at the time they had at the schoolhouse called battle. And battle was where all the CCT candidates were hanging out who were in the middle of their pipeline. And it was where anyone who was in holdover would go. We were in holdover technically because we had finished prep already. So me and my prep team, 
went to battle and battle was, it sucked. It honestly sucked. Like you finished the two week prep course and you were hoping to kind of get some recovery before going to the actual schoolhouse, but you were about to enter three day sessions for two weeks. And those three days were rough. You'd show up, you'd have a workout in the morning, you'd have a workout right before lunch, and you'd have another workout following lunch. And it sucked. The cadre over there were pretty cool, and they were actually some pretty good workouts. Uh, and you'd mix up cardio, weight training, uh, pool sometimes. And, and so it was, it was actually good training, but you're coming off of a two-week suck fest from getting smoked, and then now you're going into three days. Like, it's no way to prepare your body for the schoolhouse. And me, being the awesome leader <laughs> that I was trying to be, my guys were getting hurt left and right. Like, we finished prep, and following prep and starting battle, we had six dudes drop out due to injuries. Um, a lot of ankle stuff, a lot of shin splints, and just wear and tear that doing three days will put on a person. So I get word that it's our final day of battle, and I get word that we're going to do this insane sprint workout, right? Here I am with six dudes hurt. We're about to do an insane sprint workout, and we start the schoolhouse the next day. So, like I said, trying to be a good leader and look out for my dudes, I go talk to the cadre member who was running it for us, and I said, hey, sergeant, so-and-so, like, I got six dudes hurt. Is there any way we can have, like, a roll session today with foam rollers and, like, actually give our guys the ability to heal up and, and go be successful at the schoolhouse? You know, like, I'm looking out for them. I think I'm doing a good thing here. And I mean, my guys are looking at me like, dude, we are dying right now. We have six dudes hurt and I didn't want any more to be hurt going into the schoolhouse. So he was really cool about it, honestly. Like he was like, look, man, it's not going to be too bad. Like, I hear what you're saying. Like, let's just go crush it. It's not going to be too bad. I was like, all right, you know, like I at least tried, whatever. Little did I know there's a little birdie listening who's, uh, tied into the TACP cadre who run the schoolhouse. And he types up a nice little email, sends it to the Eagle cadre that was the team I was about to be on. And he sends it to them and goes, hey, we got this TACP officer down here who wants some non-intense workouts, so just thought I'd give you guys a heads up. <laughs> so they send the email back to him saying, oh, tell this TACP officer candidate that we want a, a two-week non-intense workout plan for him to present day one of starting the schoolhouse. I was freaking out. I could not believe this was happening to me and that this was going to be my intro into being a TACP officer at the schoolhouse. So what do I do? You know, like I get this awful task of coming up with this non-intense workout plan, um, which if you've been at the schoolhouse or if, if you're planning on going, just, just know there's games, 
right? Like lots of games, mental games to work through. And this was my first. So I built the workout plan and I kind of built it knowing like if I make this thing look really good, then maybe they'll rip it up and we won't have to do it. <laughs> so I did. I, I made it look really nice on, you know, using my, my officer skills. I made it look really nice on Word and made a PDF and printed it and was hoping that the cadre would rip it up. So we start the TACP schoolhouse, Eagle 101, day one in the PT pits. And so we're, we're all lined up there. You know, everyone's scared. The cadre is about to walk out. They walk out, and I'm representing our, our team out front with my two-week non-intense workout plan. And I present it to who, for the sake of this podcast, I'll just his – name, his name's Curtis. So I'll just call him Curtis, save his last name. But this man <laughs> – this man was a Viking, like – Dude's huge, dude's jacked, insane career. Pretty sure he wrestled for the Air Force team. So this guy's a monster, and he's our lead cadre for Eagle 101. And he comes out, and I present him my two-week non-intense workout plan. And he does it. He rips it up in my face. (laughs) He rips it up and proceeds to make our whole team do a sprint workout and made me watch. So I watched my team get smoked for a sprint workout for our first day in the pits. So that was it. That was that was day one. Welcome to Eagle Flight for me. And hate the the TACP cadre who dimed me out for trying to help my team, but you know, like that is that is the schoolhouse games. So prepare yourself and be ready because that sucked. That was not a fun way to start it off, but you know, I can look at it now and laugh. So it was a good time. Day one, you do, uh, you do some new guy introductions, and uh, this actually, this actually took place while we were in battle, um, as I was referring to earlier. And you know, it's your general new guy introductions. Hey, what's your name? Where are you from? And it went downhill really quick. Next question was, who's your favorite porn star? Followed by, what's your worst experience with a condom? Like, as a Christian, in that moment, like, what do you do? Like, what what are you supposed to do with that? You're in a group of dudes. Like, you're supposed to be the team lead. Like, Like, you're supposed to lead the guys but at the same time you're trying to be one of the guys because you know like you're all going through the same thing together and you're one of them so what do you do when you're faced with that question well as a non-believer like you're diving into that is as hard as you can and answering those questions and and laughing and trying to give the best answers you can so that you're fitting in with these guys who are going to be your friends for the rest of your life, right? But as a Christian, like, what do you do with that? Do you do you shame everyone there and say this is this isn't what we're supposed to be talking about? <laughs> like, that that's not the right answer either. Like, first off, you're dealing with unbelievers. Like, you are surrounded by unbelievers, and 
and you're at a crossroads, like I talked to my dad plenty of times before going into the military. And, and the biggest thing he went through when he was in the military was not drinking. He made that decision. He didn't want to do it. He had had issues prior. And so he made that decision for himself. I'm not going to drink. So like power to him for that. But man, he got shamed for that from his leading officer for not going out drinking with the dudes. And so like that was kind of what more of what I was expecting when I got to the schoolhouse was orchestrating these conversations and and how how am I going to still hang out with the dudes but you know I don't want to take part in certain things. But I had no idea these questions were coming, you know, like welcome to the military, welcome to the schoolhouse. Who's your favorite porn star and worst experience with a condom? So, like I said earlier, these aren't believers. If I wasn't a believer, like, I'll I'll put this out there. I am living for the here and now if I'm not a believer. Like, this life in front of me is all there is. And I'm going to make the best of it, you know? Like, I'm going to do whatever can self-satisfy me. And I'm going to do whatever can give me immediate return. So the first thing you're not going to do in this situation, hopefully, is just shame people around you who who are not even believers. You know, that's not what I did, thankfully. But that has to be noted. When you're entering the military, when you're surrounding yourself with unbelievers, they're not believers. They are not having the Holy Spirit in their heart, and they are not having the Lord work on their heart in a way that is convicting them. So why should they be convicted? I gave my answers to those questions. And if I'm being like 100 with you guys, I was able to keep my status as, as not diving into those things and not approving of those things while at the same time, not shaming those dudes. So if you're interested in what I said, then feel free to hit me up. Anyways, the goal of being in the military is to be a light. You're not calling every single person out around you for all their crap because ultimately, like, everyone is sinners and everyone needs the gospel. Until the gospel has penetrated these guys' hearts, their lives aren't going to change. So I would just encourage you to start with the gospel, with whatever evangelizing you do, with whatever you do to try to influence those around you like you take the high road you do those things like God has called you to that but pray for your buddies and pray that the gospel would would take over their hearts and their lives because that's the only thing that's then going to give them the ability to not partake in these things I mean if you're dealing with a believer who's talking about all this stuff and who's partaking in all these things and who is normalizing porn and normalizing premarital sex and all these things like sure like that's a conversation to have but that's a different conversation so what I'm talking about is being in the midst of unbelievers and being confronted with something like this anyways I just wanted to put that out there because like you don't know what you're getting into until you're in it and that really (laughs) took me off guard you know like no one told me I was going to be asked that question on day one. And like, there's plenty more of those stories that I have. And there's 
plenty of those stories that anyone listening to this podcast has had if you've gone through something like this as somewhat of an initiation. So made it through prep, like I said, made it through battle. I started the schoolhouse day one, didn't start off too hot, uh, but I was able to make it through the schoolhouse without washing back. That was a blessing. Some people might call it luck. I'm going to call it a blessing. When you're going through this type of training, the chances of you stepping into a hole and breaking your ankle are highly likely, probably more likely than not doing it. And people get washed back all the time. People quit and self-eliminate. People get medically injured and they can't continue. Some people get medically injured and say they can't continue as a, as a way of quitting. And a lot of people fail PCs and PCs are progress checks. And if you've been to the schoolhouse or you've been to any of these other pipelines, you know that every day you are trying to survive. Every day you are being faced with progress checks. And if you fail a PC, you get one refire. Like you fail something, okay, let's do it again. If you fail it this time, you're washing back. And the stress that's kind of, that comes with PCs is wild because it is almost a daily thing that you're faced with at the schoolhouse. Because I mean, the jobs we're getting trained to do in the Air Force, whether you're CCT, PJ, or TACP, the jobs you're doing are technical. You know, like you're not just some grunt on the ground with a gun who's firing. And like that takes a lot of skill as well. So power to those dudes. They do a great job at it. But the job we're being asked to do is different. You know, if you're a PJ, then then you're diving into obviously the medical side of things. If you're a CCT, you're diving into airspace. If you're a TACB, you're diving into airspace and, and strike integration as well. So that's a lot to juggle on top of already getting smoked every single day from cadre. If you've washed back, no one looks down on you for that. Everyone's scared they're going to wash back every single day that they're at the schoolhouse. So the fact that I was able to make it all the way through and not wash back was, like I said, a blessing. I, I will say that as I went through the schoolhouse, there was definitely a mindset that I wanted to lead from the front. As an officer with my team, you know, I got, I got a few higher enlisted dudes with me, uh, a guy named Doug, who's a tech sergeant, who was awesome and still a good friend of mine to this day. He was a stud and was able to really help me out in, in growing as a leader. But for the most part, you got a bunch of 18 year olds with you that don't know much about anything. And it's your job as the team leader to look out for them and to set them up for success. So I wanted to lead from the front. And generally when you're at a pipeline like this, that involves PT and trying to be a stud at PT. And I tried to be as prepared as I possibly could, obviously following the selection at Moody air force base. Like I had a pretty good idea of what to expect here at the pipeline. So I was, I was squared away and I, didn't let my PT slip. If you can square yourself away in regards to PT, it gives you the ability to care for other people. So rather than you sitting there fighting for survival 
and trying to make it through some of these wads and, and these iterations or evolutions, it gives you the ability to think about other people. It gives you bandwidth to think and process stressful things when you're a stud at PT because everyone's going to get broken down. Everyone's going to be dying from a physical standpoint, but the more squared away you are, the more bandwidth you have to actually think and process. And that was something that was, that was really useful and really helpful while I was at the schoolhouse. Uh, but I, I think it also has a direct correlation to our lives spiritually. Back to that verse from Psalm 144, train your hands for war and your fingers for battle. Like that's not referring to, that's not referring to being a PT stud. Like this is spiritual warfare. It's, it's referring to something much bigger than, than training to go to war with another country. And in regards to training your hands for war and your fingers for battle, I'll say this, what goes in comes out. What you are spending your time filling your head with is what's going to come out of your mouth. And if, if you're in the word, if you're in prayer, like that's, that's not legalism. I'm not saying you have to do those things every single day. Like, otherwise you're not a good Christian. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying if you are in prayer, if you are in the word every day, I do believe that that gives you the bandwidth to think and process things in a way that's honoring to the Lord. What goes in comes out. And that, that's, that is based on scripture. It's very clear in the Bible that our mouth speaks from the heart. And we should be in the word daily. We should be in prayer daily so that when we're met with new guy introductions, hey, who's your favorite porn star, etc. Like we have the bandwidth to think and process and know how we want to handle that situation. I finished the schoolhouse. I'm stoked. Four of 60 candidates graduated. Four out of 60 of our original team. We graduated with, I think, uh, four other washbacks. So we had a total of eight guys on our team when we graduated, but four of us were originals. Around 20 quit. Around 20 were medically injured. And the other 16 or so failed PCs. When I graduated, being able to tell myself that I was one of four out of 60 dudes who graduated without a washback, like that was, that was legit. Like, you know, that was, that was pretty awesome. I was, I was feeling pretty cool about myself, but the longer I got away from the schoolhouse, the longer I was actually in the career field, the more I thought, wow, as a leader, I was only able to pull three dudes with me through the schoolhouse bringing everyone with you that you can towards a goal that you are all looking towards, I think characterizes a good leader. Like it's not about you making it. It's about everyone making it. And I think originally when I graduated, I'd look at some of these teams that would graduate with like 20 dudes and I'd be like, well, you guys didn't have it as hard as I had it. High insight, dude, good job as a leader, like way to get as many people through this process as you possibly could. And now you're all tack peas. Like that's legit from my end, like 56 dudes didn't make it through 
that maybe I could have helped some of them. Maybe I couldn't like, yes, you got dudes who quit. You got dudes who didn't want to be there. You got guys who just took the wrong, took the wrong turn on a vehicle nav or on a land nav and, you know, is what it is. But there is something to say that like, I think you should try to bring everyone with you that you can towards the common goal. And that applies to the schoolhouse of trying to get as many people to graduate as you can. But I think it also refers to spiritually, like we have a common goal, like God has commissioned us. If you are a believer, he has commissioned you to go spread the gospel. I want to bring as many people with me to glory as I can. Now that is not on me per se. It is God who's going to do the work in their heart. He has predestined and he, he knows their names of all of his children, whether they're saved yet or not. But it is, it has still been commissioned to me and to my fellow believers to go be lights in the world and to go plant seeds. That's the best way I've heard it shared is to go be a seed planter, go share the gospel, go spread the gospel and, and throw it out there. And God will do the work in the hearts of the elect to bring them to himself. The only wrong way to evangelize is to do nothing. As believers, like when I when I showed up to when I showed up to Fort Stewart and I left there after four years and not that many people in that squadron even knew I was a Christian, like that's the wrong way. Like that's obviously the wrong way to do it because I'm not doing it at all. When I showed up, I didn't want to be that crazy Christian, right? I think that was my fear. I didn't want, like, I don't want to talk about Jesus. That's weird. Like, we're here to kill bad guys. We're here to drop bombs. We're not here to talk about Jesus. And, and that, was, that was my fear. That was my mindset. And, like, sure, maybe you don't want to be that guy. But there's other opportunities as well without just standing up in front of your entire squadron and, yelling at them that you love Jesus. Like there's other more tactful ways to go about that, that will probably be more effective. But at the end of the day, whether you're screaming at your squadron that you're a Christian or that you're having one-on-one conversations with dudes in your squadron and, and sharing about the Lord and the gospel, either way, both options are way better than not doing it at all. We are called to do this by God and And it's wrong if you're not, honestly. The only other thing I want to leave you with about pouring out your heart to your dudes and and trying to share the gospel with them is how can you pour out yourself if you're not being filled? If you're not diving in the word, if you're not diving into prayer, how can you expect your life to be one and example to unbelievers of the light of Christ or like how can you expect them to even want to follow with what you're doing one you're either standing stagnant and not pouring anything out or two you're pouring out your own sinful self agenda those are the only two options if you're not being filled up by Christ daily that's my honest thoughts because I've done it I've been guilty in my squadron of sitting stagnant and in those moments as well, when I'm not filling myself up, but I'm trying to be a Christian leader in my home and I'm, and I'm trying to raise my kids and be a husband. Like 
all I'm doing in that moment is pouring out my self agenda and it turns into manipulation and your walk with the Lord gets pretty cold and pretty lonely pretty quick if you're not returning to him daily. The Lord is in our hearts and it is all a work that he is doing in us. And I would just encourage you guys, if you're one of those two options or if you're not filling yourself up daily, it is the gospel that's empowering you to do all things for Christ. It is not your own self-motivation. It is not anything but the power and work of God in your heart. So we have to return to it daily. We have to return to the scripture and to prayer to be filled up. So we have the ability to be poured out. I hope this is been somewhat encouraging. I I know I feel like I've kind of maybe had a more negative tone as I've been talking about these things, just because I've, I've been the victim of trying to pour out, but being just completely empty and not being in the gospel not being in prayer daily. And it just doesn't work out guys. Like it doesn't like you have to go get filled up. And so sorry if I'm coming across negative, not trying to be I'm just, I'm just trying to keep you guys from making the same mistakes I have and wondering why it happened. Love you guys, praying for you guys, and I, I, hope, I hope this has been encouraging so you can go into your squadron, go into your work, go to your family, and, and try to be a light and try to be bold. So hope you guys have a good week, and I'll see you next week.